Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. A Polynesian voyaging canoe is on a four-year journey circumnavigating the Pacific Ocean using only traditional methods of seafaring. So no GPS, no motor, no high-tech sensors, but lots of sails and wind power. The canoe and its crew recently sailed down the California coast, meeting with indigenous communities along the way. KQED's Catherine Monahan spoke with the crew about what they've learned from California and the people they've met here. The voyage began this summer in Alaska. The canoe sailed along the coast, and at its first California port, Eureka, it ran into some classic Northern California trouble. The fog was really, really thick. Mark Ellis is a captain. The weather people said they'd never seen it, you know, really that big and, and wide. He's standing on the canoe, which is called Hokulea. The flag of his native Hawaii is fluttering in the rigging. Hokulea is almost 65 feet long and 20 feet wide, and the crew is piloting it using only traditional navigation methods. We have no um, watches, no compass, no sextant, nothing. We're not doing anything other than our observation skills. But of course, in a thick fog, you can't observe much. So the crew was relieved when it lifted and they were able to dock. The local Wiat tribe welcomed them and showed them around the redwood forest. Along the way, every stop, we meet with the indigenous people of that area, and we ask them for permission. You know, it's our way. We don't, we're not going to just go into someone's house without announcing ourselves and allowing them that opportunity to um, say, yes, come, or no, not right now. <laughs> the next big stop was San Francisco, where, of course, there was more fog. On arriving, the crew blew a conch shell and asked the Rameto Shaloni tribe for permission to land. Tribal chair Jonathan Cordero took part in the welcoming ceremony. For us, it has just deep spiritual resonance because we are recognizing one another as sovereign entities. He says his ancestors likely welcomed similar groups in the past because native Californians interacted widely, he says, even though people today don't tend to recognize it. They think that we were these small, independent tribes who rarely traveled more than 20 miles from home, right? And we had trade networks that stretched all across the state, all up and, and out of state, by the way, and all up and down the coast, and then also likely maybe even across the Pacific. Historically, Polynesians sailed throughout the Pacific in canoes like Hokulea, they brought live plants and animals on board so they would have fresh food and traveled between thousands of islands. 
They're navigators trained from childhood, learning stars, currents, the reflections of clouds, the paths of birds. Part of the voyage's mission is to revitalize that art of wayfinding. Moani Muli is a captain and crew member. I am proud to say I'm fourth generation voyager now in Hawaii, which is pretty amazing to see. Um, and, and there are, you know, there's hundreds of us now, you know, where there was just a handful back in the 70s. Now there's hundreds of voyagers. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing because it's a thriving living culture now. We're no longer museum pieces. We are, we're a living voyaging culture again. This voyage is called Moana Nuiakea, or Voyage for Earth. Heimuli says another of its goals is to inspire young people to take care of the ocean. So we're, you know, in contact with kids, getting questions from kids, emails from schools, and throughout the world, really. And at each stop, a booth is set up with educational activities. How old are you, Rachel? Uh, I'm 11. Yeah? And what are you, what are you drawing right here? I'm drawing the Hokulea. After San Francisco, Hokulea continued to Half Moon Bay where Ellis said two whales came out to greet it. The tribe came and spoke to us individually and shared with us how, for them, um, the whales were their ancestors and their ancestors were welcoming us into their lands. He also remembers the giant rock at the entrance to Morrow Bay. One of the elders told me, he said, you know, whenever you're fearful to think of that rock, um, because the mm. rock is where you can gain your power and strength. Often when the canoe stopped, local cultural groups came out to greet it, like this dance troupe in Ventura. Okulea <laughs> <laughs> reached San Diego, its last California stop. From there, the plan was to continue down the coast of Mexico and South America before cutting over to Easter Island, then Tahiti, New Zealand, Japan. But the changing climate has made the journey potentially more dangerous. Master navigator Nainoa Thompson made the call to change course. We don't know whether um, voyaging in that kind of condition of hot earth plus El Nino is even safe. Thompson shared the decision in a video on the Voyage's website. But we are going to complete Moana Nuiakea because we must. The Moana Nuiakea voyage is designed exactly to become this uh, catalyst for people and, and, and learning so that we can take better care of the earth. For now, though, they are back home in Hawaii because the other reason for the change of plan was the fire that destroyed the town of Lahaina in August. The crew is now offering whatever help they can. Captain Ellis says that even just the presence of such a culturally significant vessel is a comfort to many Hawaiians. You know, people, you see people, they'll come to Hokulea and they'll just cry. They'll cry because she means so much to them. A feeling that Californians can take to heart after seeing Hokulea here. For the California Report, I'm Catherine Monahan. And that is the California Report for Thursday, December 28th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. And remember, you can keep up with statewide news on our daily podcast, The California Report. Find it wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to it. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. 
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Support for the California Report comes from the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, investing in creative thinkers and problem solvers who are working to ensure that people, communities, and the planet can flourish. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy works to create a cleaner, healthier, more secure world for all, on the web at theschmidt.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs> 